Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning back in to another episode of the podcast. It's greatly appreciated, everyone out there listening in and giving us all the support that we could ask for. I mean, you know, we're not the biggest show, we're not the biggest, you know, outlet for people, but I do notice, you know, our numbers are growing slowly but surely on every platform, nearly reaching 300 followers on Twitter slash X. Thank you so much for that. Um... Also gaining quite a bit of a following, a little bit on TikTok. You know, the last four clips have been over a thousand uh, views and stuff. So we're getting getting traction where we want it. Um, and it's ironic enough that those clips on TikTok were about um, UFL players going into the 2024 UFL season. Um, and and the interesting thing about you know where people are, I think, with this league is that they're excited for this product. They're excited to be refreshed. Um, they're excited to get a glimpse of what this thing could be and is going to be. Um, but I'm just excited in general for the product that we're probably, you know, hopefully going to be getting a A-plus form of. Um, but all I'll say here before we get into the juice of the episode is I am excited. I'm very excited. The schedule came out earlier this morning, about 20 minutes ago, um, on February 5th. So if you're out there listening now uh, and you haven't seen the schedule, hopefully you'll uh, learn it here first. Um, But pretty much what it's going to consist of, at least week one, um, and if you want to see the schedule, make sure you guys follow the Instagram or the Twitter account. I have them both up there, but week one's schedule is going to be the two former champs playing against each other, the Arlington Renegades versus the Birmingham Stallions, the back-to-back championship squad, the Birmingham Stallions, will be facing the 2023 XFL champions, the Arlington Renegades. I am super excited for that game. It's going to be a matchup to watch. Um, the following game is going to be the Houston Roughnecks battling the San Antonio Brahmas, a battle of Texas, if you will. That'll be interesting to see. Um, and then the next is actually a game I'm really hyped for. The Michigan Panthers versus the St. Louis Battlehawks. I, I'm I'm very excited about this game. Um, and before each game, we're going to be doing a little bet series. Um, we're going to be we're going to be diving in. Um, and then the following game for Week One is going to be the Memphis Showboats versus the DC Defenders. So that's going to be an, an all matchups are looking really fun, and um, it's mainly the fact that each team has really good talent on it now. Like, there's not, like, a deficit of talent. Um, <clears throat> but getting into the talent, and there's been some new acquisitions and um, news regarding some of the players returning and leaving. First big name, Darius Shepard. He is going to be returning to the St. Louis Battlehawks, so that's really good for them. <clears throat> um, Slade Bolden. Um, from Bama, he's going to be signing with the Birmingham Stallions. Skip Holtz, uh, Skip Holtz recruited him. Very nice signing. Um, long snapper Alex Matheson is going to be returning to the St. Louis BattleHawks as well. Um, and also a little bit of a you know a side note here, but um, former Birmingham Stallions wide receiver Austin Watkins, who saw some active playing time um, with the Cleveland Browns this past year in the Hall of Fame game, preseason, and in regular season. Uh, He's heading to the Philadelphia Eagles, so shout out to him. He's a great player. I I loved watching him in the 2023 USFL season. Um, Defensive 
tackle Robert um, N. I can't. I'm not going to try and butcher this guy's name. Um, but he played for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, he's going to be signing with the DC Defenders. But Robert Indiche, I want to say his name is. He's a former first-round NFL draft pick with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he's going to the DC Defenders. So good pickup for them. Good. Um, good overall. You know, roster booster getting a first, a former first-round pick. That's huge. Um, the San Antonio Brahmas are signing running back John Lovett. He played with the Vipers last year. Uh, got four, 496 yards, five touchdowns. He was good out of the backfield. Um, the St. Louis Battlehawks have signed wide receiver Jerome Cap. Got some playing time with the Jets, um, but he was, you know, more known at Cutstown University. Um, so shout out to them for getting more depth. And then the San Antonio Brahmas are bringing in safety Vernon Scott. He Played at TCU, but he was mainly known for Green Bay. Had a little stint there. Um, the Brahmas continue their free agency sweep with snagging all U- all XFL defensive tackle Kavion Patton. He was formerly with the Orlando Guardians. Um, so that's good for them in general. The Memphis Showboats have signed safety Antonio Reed back. Thank God. He was really good for them last year. 30 tackles and a pick. Um he did sign with New Jersey in free agency, but that team folded clearly. Uh, the Michigan Panthers brought back Trey Quinn, a crucial wide receiver, a sure-handed guy for them, a guy I genuinely loved watching play last year. It's just if he had consistent quarterback play, they would have been a lot better with him and Caden Davis. But EJ Perry taking helm would be ideal. The Birmingham Stallions are signing uh, tight end Jordan Thomas, uh, formerly on the Orlando Guardians last year, so it's good for them to just continue to add, del- uh, add depth. Especially, he look- he seems like a, a blocking tight end as well, so that'll help in the run game. Um, the Michigan Panthers have agreed to terms with former um, St. Thomas tight end Nick Gugamos. He played fullback in college, but found himself in the tight end role for various NFL franchises. So the Panthers bringing in some, some more talent to bolster their tight end group, but also you know, hopefully be able to build a dominant rushing attack with who they've acquired. The Bra- uh, the XFL Brahmas are bringing back tight end Elise Mack to their active roster, which is good. You love to see that continuity continue. Um, and that's another thing that you, you want to see some of these teams start doing. Bring back those players that made impacts, that were there, that were a foundation piece. And if they don't, you know, play up to par, you have the you have the depth, you, you have the ability, you have the plethora of players that all genuinely could start. Like, if you look at the Birmingham Stallions, bro, at every p- skill position slot, every player they have could start on all the other teams. That's how these teams should be building. Um, the Arlington Renegades did sign linebacker Markel Lee um, in free agency, so good for them. The Brahmas bring back Reed Sinet for the 2024 season. He uh, he played last year a little bit, but he just wasn't anything special. He did have some time in the NFL um, with the Eagles and stuff, so that's probably the most like vetted quarterback in the league. But in terms of like we've seen guys like him, like Kyle Laletas, come in and just play horribly. Um, as of right now, who do I think the best quarterback in the league is? It's either J.M.R. Smith, Case Cookus. Um, or, you know, you could go to Jordan Tayamu, but he's not even playing. No word on him yet, at least. The XFL Brahmas have signed Justin Smith. Um, 
he was right out of out of Nok uh, okay Nok Folk State. Smith previously played for the XFL Roughnecks. Okay, so he was on the Roughnecks before they folded, um, and the Gamblers were rebranded. Um, the Roughnecks are signing linebacker Ayande Eli out of Georgia Tech, a nickname Ace. It's a it's a big man. Like he's a he's a huge linebacker. So they're gonna really enjoy him next to Reuben Foster. Um, the Roughnecks announced they signed 6'3", 202 pound wide receiver Stephen Dunbar Jr., uh, which is a big signing. Looks like he played in the CFL with the Elks. Um, so that's pretty cool, getting some more CFL guys down here. The St. Louis Battlehawks have signed former Syracuse kicker Andre Schmitz. I probably butchered that last name, but who knows, who cares. The Houston Roughnecks also signed QB Nolan Henderson. Looks like he played at Delaware, so shout out to him. Um, and they also, the Stallions trade defensive back Elijah Holder to the XFL Brahmas for defensive back Bubba Bolden. So that's a big trade there. Um, the Ken- Kenji Bahar, former gam- uh, Gamblers quarterback for two years, was released by the Roughnecks earlier, like two weeks ago. Um, they released Kenji, and then they picked up Reed Sinet off of waivers. So that's that's unfortunate, you know, for Kenji Bahar, because he has the athleticism, he has the capability to be really good, but he really just was not last year. The Memphis Showboats have signed former Cowboys center Alex Lindstrom, so that's pretty big. Uh, the Houston Roughnecks, like I said, they claimed Reed Sinet and released uh, Kenji Bahar. The um, D.C. Defenders signed the Giants' first-round cornerback DeAndre Baker to their uh, roster, so that's pretty good for them. The D.C. Defenders' secondary now consists of five former NFL draft picks, Gary and Conley, DeAndre Baker, DJ Swearinger, Monte Nicholson, and Isaiah Johnson. Two of those guys were former Washington commanders. That's pretty awesome. Um, the Memphis Showboats signed Troy Williams uh, to pick up that backup quarterback position as they release Guy Myers and Ryan Willis. So Case Cookus and Troy Williams taking that quarterback position by storm there. That's going to be very, very nasty. Uh, they have really good depth on offense and plenty of weapons to spread the ball around to. The Memphis Showboats are genuinely going to be really good this year, I believe. The Houston Roughnecks have signed wide receiver Kirk Merritt, an NFL veteran who has played for the Miami Dolphins and New Orleans Saints. It's pretty good for them as well. Um, another big thing about that is like just getting that veteran presence from the NFL, getting these younger guys, in a sense, rejuvenated with the fact that, okay, I can still get there if I play my ass off. So it's, it's, it's a good menta. It's a good recipe. Five, five-time Pro Bowl center Andre Garode is joining the San Antonio Brahma staff. According to San Antonio Express Nudes, Garode served as the Houston Roughnecks offensive line coach in 2023. Former Roughnecks uh, wide receiver coach Peyton Parday will also be joining the Brahma staff with Wade Phillips. So that's pretty good for them. The Michigan Panthers are making some changes for their coordinators. Former Philadelphia Stars wide receivers coach Marcel Belafulu. Uh, will become the new offensive coordinator, and defensive line coach Colin Bauer will become the new defensive coordinator. So that's good for them. They rejuvenated their coordinator positions. The Arlington Renegades have signed former Battlehawks cornerback Elijah Hamilton and former Texans offensive tackle Jordan Steckler. So, again, just bringing in that talent is crucial. XFL defenders running back Abraham Smith had a great 2022 season. Looking to repeat this in the spring, um... Oh, actually, it was the 2023 season, technically, yeah. 
But I'd like to see Abraham Smith back. I mean, he was really good for the XFL. He was one of their you know standout players. Um, YouTube star Destroying is signing to the UFL's San Antonio Brahmas, so that's pretty cool. It's a big name to get in the league. Uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks signed college football national champion uh, and former starting New York Giants running back Wayne Galman. Uh, so that's a that's a big thing for them because running back Max Borgie uh, decided to retire from the game, you know, looking to create a career outside of football, um, which was pretty good for himself. Obviously, I, I wish anyone, you know, their best on their journey, but they needed a running back on that team because Max Borgie was that hopeful, uh, you know, potential RB1. And it looks like another big signing from the um, San Antonio um, Brahmas was QB Tom Flacco. Uh, he played at Townsend. Uh, defensive back Lavert Hill resigns with the Battle Hawks, and linebacker Ryan Mueller resigns with the Brahmas as well. Um, another really big signing for the Arlington Renegades was their signing former XFL new. Uh, excuse me, Las Vegas Viper linebacker Vic Beasley for the upcoming 2024 season. The former All-Pro will will return to the UFL in efforts to solidify the Arlington linebacking core. So that's going to be a really good addition for them in general. Um, The Arlington Renegades also signed wide receiver Cy Barnett in free agency. So that's a good pickup for them. Um, And hopefully, hopefully we get to see, you know, some of these really big signings come to fruition and I, I think that it would be, you know, crucial to see and and kind of gauge where we're going to be in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, if there's more free agency news, I'll come and do an episode about it. But in terms of preseason and stuff like that, we have less than 20 days now till training camp starts. And I think that that's when we'll start the UFL 2024 coverage, uh, you know, intensely getting, you know, your bets out there. If you want any advice on that, make some money. You know, if you want to get into the league in terms of I want to learn the players, the clubs, the coaches, fucking watch it, you know? Like, I've been watching the USFL for two years. I watched the XFL in 2020. I've loved spring ball since I knew the concept. And now it's finally getting traction, and it's it's pretty awesome to see because this is a product that can work. And we're seeing big acquisitions, great production, phenomenal marketing, and great national TV coverage with, you know, geographic-specific ads like Michigan, Houston, San Antonio, all these places were getting their own ads during the NFL coverage of the past uh, championship weekend. And I think that's a brilliant move. It really is. Fox and ESPN really need to make sure that this thing sticks. We need consistency, continuity, and just great chemistry with not only the players and coaches, but the players, coaches, and the league is what the one thing that spring leagues and spring ball really comes down to is if the league is going to take care of their employees. If not, then that's something that's going to fall fall through. You know, it's, it's not going to work. Uh, and the USFL teams have player unions, but the XFL teams do not. Uh, but there's also an issue with player pay in general. It only increased by a couple hundred bucks. And both these two teams merging, there should have been so much more capital at their, you know, at their disposal. Pay the players, pay the coaches, and people are going to want to come play. If they can start competing with salaries in the CFL, we wouldn't have seen all these guys leave. I'm going to say this: Paris Ford is still not signed. Cam Echoes Looper left the states. He had to go to the CFL. A team didn't sign him. He's not going to wait. These guys are these guys are great talents, and we just let them leave the country. Paris Ford needs to be signed. I got to say that right now. He's a dog. 
Shout out to you, bro, if you're out there listening somehow. But uh, we they did kind of blunder it. They maybe should have kept two extra teams. You know, five five team conferences probably would have been a little more ideal. I don't know, but you know, just to keep some of this talent active in the in the country, like. I get it. They're trying to make this premium product where, like, this is the stepping stool up if you're not in college. But I get that. But at the end of the day, like, there were so many more guys, like, that could have consisted and made up two more rosters at least. And they could have been competitive. I mean, Philadelphia, I would have kept Philly. I would have kept Pittsburgh. You know, I, I don't know. I just think that they really didn't do the best transition into the merger. But that's, you know, that's so far behind us now and so many episodes back. We got to just look forward to this product and this league. The schedule was released. I'm excited. Um, I think that, you know, if they're able to continuously, you know, one-up themselves, then we're going to see something really special here. But when it comes to the schedule, I would really like them to see and create um, rivalries, you know, maybe not force them, but, you know, okay, Michigan versus St. Louis. That's cool. I like that. You know, because the fans at Ford Field versus the fans at uh, wherever they're playing St. Louis, I mean, that's going to be fire. And every team is playing the in the respective stadium. Um, the training issue is some teams are training at other teams' facilities just to cut travel costs. I don't like that. Uh, it's going to eliminate that home field advantage of teams having to like travel. Some teams have the upper hand and others don't. But we'll see. Um, I honestly just believe the Stallions are going to go all the way again because their roster just looks impeccable. They also have the best spring league coach probably ever in Skip Holtz, um, and especially if he can go back a third time and, and win. I mean, that's just a different breed, a different animal. Um, but no, I mean, there's so many discussions and so many questions to kind of look forward to and 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 look, you know, down the line too. But I'm glad the schedule's out. I'm glad that we got an idea of what the season's going to look like. We got a less than three weeks until uh, training camp, so. Should be a lot of fun, a lot of coverage, a lot of interesting things to discuss, and uh, hopefully, you know, some of these guys that haven't been picked up yet do get picked up. I would really appreciate that and hope, you know, we don't leave a lot of these guys out, but, you know, that's kind of the harsh reality of this sport. It's uber competitive, and you got to keep it that way, honestly, but at the end of the day, I feel like management and mismanagement can also cause for really good players to not even see the fucking field, and I think that that happens more often than not, especially in smaller leagues like this. But, you know, when you have a GM, you know, a guy like Zachary Porter, who's like 23 years old for the Birmingham Stallions, I mean, they, they got something special there, you know, getting that experience to potentially even, you know, maybe move up in the NFL world one day. I think that's really good for the league. People just love football, period. I mean, this is for you. This is literally for you. Year-round football. Get hype, get excited, get a jersey, get, get ready to watch. You know, it's going to be good. It's going to be a great season. Really wish that Alex Magoo didn't sign a futures deal. Maybe he gets that. Maybe he gets back to the Stallions. I don't know, but I mean, I don't think we'll ever see what what he did in 2023. I mean, he was he was stellar. Like he was on a different level, bro. Like, and it was beautiful to watch. It really was because he was he was Magoo. He was MVP. I mean, he was him. Um, and then we got guys like Mark Thompson, Darius Victor. There's so many really fucking great players, Trey Tarpley, Eli Walker, Isaiah Henney, so many guys I just can't wait to watch again on the field. I mean, I got two seasons of it, and I can't wait to get a third with this new entity of the UFL. I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be fun. 
schematically and structurally. I don't know how sound they are, and you know, I still have my questions, obviously, but I'm just more excited for the product of just being able to watch football in spring and summertime, and I think that you should too if you haven't been able to check out any of the spring league games yet or anything like that at this time, but I really do recommend it. Um, it's going to be a good product. Hopefully, you know, I keep hyping it up, but if it does fall on its fla- if it does fall on its face, like I really doubt, but then I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll get a tattoo of the UFL on my fucking forehead. I'm kidding. I'm knocking on wood. I have my fingers crossed. I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> what I am actually going to be questioning, though, is like, just oddly enough, my, it came into my head. I want to see if Bo Scarborough actually is going to be able to play. Or maybe he steps into coaching, which I think would be a good option for him as well. But, no, I'm, I'm excited, man. And I hope everyone out there else, you know, everyone else out there is as well. Uh, we will be doing off-season um, and preseason coverage, talking about more free agency signings. Uh, training camp, team coverage, uh, a little gambling series on the UFL as well, probably headed up by Branded. Uh, so if you guys want more of that content, make sure you you know, hit the download button, hit the follow button wherever you're listening to this podcast episode at. Um, give us all the support you can. It's greatly appreciated. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media accounts, TikTok, Twitter, Threads, Instagram. Check out the website, www.teatimereports.com. Check out the YouTube channel, Tea Time Reports. All support is greatly appreciated. This is Trevor with Tea Time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode, especially of the UFL coverage and spring, spring ball coverage in general. I do a lot of these types of episodes, and I have in the past. So I, you know, I know it's a, a, continuously, a continuously growing thing, but I, I hope you guys uh, learn something and maybe enjoy it yourselves. But thank you, everyone out there, again, for tuning in. This is Trevor with Tea Time. Thank you so much. Peace.